Hello everyone and welcome to Toronto Rock Total Access. I am Mike Hancock. Kyle Davis is along as always for the ride as we get you caught up with the Rock's last home game this past Friday night against the Rochester Nighthawks. A 14-11 Rochester win over the Toronto Rock in what some deemed to be a must win. But of course, as we talked about on last week's show that it wasn't actually a must win. This week is a must win against Buffalo. But before we get to that, we have to recap the game against the Rochester Nighthawks and KD. It was a game that the Rock got off to such a great start, an 8-3 lead. But just as fast as we saw the Rock score five goals in a row to build that 8-3 lead, the Nighthawks came back, tied it, and then it was pretty well a dogfight the rest of the way that the Nighthawks ended up winning as they pulled away in the fourth quarter. Uh, but uh, let's start off with your thoughts on the game. Good first, you know, 25 minutes, I guess you could say, uh, of, the, of the first half there. Uh, just a couple quick hits that kind of stuck out to me. The welcome back, Tom Schreiber. thought he was good. Uh, obviously scared me a little bit when he was chasing, I believe it was Paul Dawson on a breakaway, kind of buckled, but glad to see he came back out. Uh, I thought, you know, I thought Rosie and the D again did a good enough job to give the team an opportunity to win here. Uh, Rosie had a couple 10-bell saves. For me, in, in the second half, it was what seems to be, I, I hate the fact that we keep going back to this, but the offense dried up in the in the second half. To me, uh, you know, up eight three at one point, and you know, going to half it with eight, you only finish with eleven. You know, there and even in the fourth quarter, you're what you were ten ten eleven eleven or, or whatever it was. Yep, both um, of those. Yep. So like you're still in a chance. You're still right there for for an opportunity to get a massive win. And for some reason, we just always come up a little bit short here and I don't think it's I don't think it's effort I just we're not executing up front you know we could go down the list that guy's stat lines over the over the game but uh for me really if you take Tom out of that it's kind of the same script from the offense what we've seen in the past couple games and and I don't know why that is personally yeah and I think that's going to uh you know currently is the head scratcher I think over everything else is that the offense hasn't uh you know, been as consistent, obviously, as anyone would have liked. And you hope that that's not the head scratcher that you're left with at the end of April and that hopefully over the next two weeks uh, nobody's heads are itchy anymore and the ball's going in the net and everybody's happy. But that remains to be seen. There were so many interesting turning points, I think, in that game or potential interesting turning points. Um, you know, we had the Matt Vince hit on Tom Schreiber. We had uh, a Rob Hellyer goal that was, there was no challenge, but it was very close. And of course, you know, you have the advantage to look at it over and over and over again after the fact. Um, very, very close to maybe being a goal, but it wasn't challenged. Um, you have a couple of hits on Sheldon Burns that go unpenalized that didn't give the Rock an advantage there. Um, like you say, you have a bit of an injury to Tom Schreiber. You have a Tom Schreiber penalty shot. Penalty shot, in yeah, there, that, was, that was a huge moment too. Right, that at the time could have made it 10-8, I believe. Um, so there was there were a lot of things going on. And then, like you say, you've got a 10-10 game. Rochester takes an 11-10 lead. Dan Taylor scores his first goal as a rock, ties the score at 11. It's 13-11, and then even late, like we're talking a minute and eight seconds left, the ball plays blown dead. 
Brandon Miller's trying to make his way up to the bench. He gets all the way to the restraining line. He decides to turn around. Chances are, you know, he's making the run for Rosie. Um, just a little more fleet of foot than uh, Mr. Rose to get back in that net, and he ends up going back to the bench. Cody Jamison takes a kind of wild shot that goes off the, you know, the bottom frame part of the net. It ends up being an empty netter, but you think uh, Miller may have had time to get back in the net, but for whatever reason, he decided to go back to the bench. So maybe it's 13-11 with, you know, 40 seconds left to go, maybe a little bit more, depending on what Rochester does with the ball there. Um, and then maybe, you know, if you get a goal, you could get the ball back. Maybe you get another shot. I, I don't know. Like a lot of a lot of ifs and maybes in that game. It was kind of a weird second half. Overall, I thought there were some opportunities clearly for the game to change in a couple of different directions. But like we've already kind of alluded to here is that, you know, this has unfortunately become an all too similar tune in so many of these games that had that ball dropped, had this happened, had this happened, we would have been on the other side of things here. And you can talk that way too about the two overtime games, you know, had a shot dropped, you know, we being the rock I had opportunities to score goals in both of those games in the overtimes and unfortunately didn't but uh you know you, you don't want to keep uh like I said playing the same tune here but you know now you've got a situation I feel like with two weeks to go in the season where you can decide to turn the page here and move on and kind of just forget about this what's happened because you still do have some track in front of you that you know can lead you into the playoffs yeah, for sure. And I mean, I, I agree with I personally, I'll take a couple, you know, a one off or a couple games of the ifs this if that but unfortunately, it feels like like you said, that's been just too. It's been the theme too, been going on too much of late, at least and to me when you're kind of coming saying that every game, maybe you just weren't good enough in that game to get the win. But uh, saying that you are correct, you do still you know, control your own destiny in a way in front of you here. I, I mean, I know it sounds daunting right now right now with the state of the team to string a couple wins together here, but you start with one in against a team that you've you already beat this year. You know it's going to be a tough, uh, tough environment down there. But, you know, we've had so many people on this podcast say, regardless of the standings, regardless of this time of the year, when Toronto and Buffalo get together, the juices get flowing. And I expect, yeah. I expect that to happen, you know, this weekend. And now throw in the mix – both teams are battling for the playoffs and, you know, seasons on the line and everything they've done starting from training camp kind of comes to a clash at this moment this weekend. I'm expecting basically an all-out war, really, and there's no reason not to believe that Toronto's not going to be up for this game. I mean, if they're not, then I would have some big questions. You know, there's more stuff going on, I guess, if, yeah. if they're not, in my opinion, than just, you know, what's going on in the last couple of weeks because this is an opportunity, uh, you know, that's – the door hasn't shut on this team yet and you know with only three wins in the last 10 which is still still something that's something to say with how crazy this east has been and so it's it's what you do with that opportunity you got uh you got to identify that you can go in and you know identify what you got to do at you know this week going into buffalo and go and go do it it's as simple as that you got to go do it and get it done and give yourself the opportunity to live another week and go into colorado with a meaningful game Tom Schreiber makes his return. Uh, the team announced it uh, during the day on Friday that he would, in fact, make his return on Friday night at Air Canada Centre this past Friday night. And, uh, you know, I, I don't think he disappointed one bit. He scored four times, and they were all 
works of art, I think, in their own unique way. But, you know, not having Tom in the lineup, it's kind of like, you know, you're hoping, okay, he's going to make an impact, make an impact. But, man, I, I don't know if it was just I, – I just remember watching him in warm-up, watching him in shoot-around in the morning, uh, you know, getting his feet wet again and just staying out, taking some extra reps, some extra shots out there in the morning too. But his skill level is it, – it's on another planet. Like, some of the things he can do, how quickly he can do them, his shooting on the run, all those things is just – it's insane. And, and to see it on display on Friday, it was uh, it was pretty special. And it just made you kind of appreciate it more, right? I think it was – for me anyways, it felt like maybe I didn't really know what I was missing, you know, and in terms of just getting the chance to watch him play. Never mind his – his role or his importance with the Toronto Rock, but just a player that's that good and that special, what he can do on the floor and, and for sure how much better he makes his team. But just that, uh, you know, lost opportunity there this year for seven games that we didn't get to see somebody play that is as good as he is. Yeah, it, it sucked. It was it was fun to, to put a smile on everyone's face to see him back, uh, you know, doing what he does best. And you could tell when – when he got announced in the pregame introduction there, he got a bit of an extra cheer, I found. Uh, you know, the fans were happy to have him back. And what sums up Tom Schreiber to me in, in a way is obviously his skill and everything you mentioned, his stat line comes back like he didn't miss a beat. But he's coming off a, a knee injury that we all know about. And just to see what he did go down, he's chasing a guy on a breakaway, which he's probably not going to catch realistically but just the effort he put into that that he was not taking no for an answer and he basically he almost like he ran himself into what looked like another injury just because that's he can't do anything less than go 100 percent. yeah he's one of the you know when you combine some of the skill he has with being the hardest worker you get one hell of a lacrosse player and uh fun to watch and it's it's good for the toronto rock to have him back and hopefully it's not you know, too little, too late here in the season because, you know, go back to the what-ifs, what it could have been if Tom was around, but unfortunately the reality was he wasn't. Uh, and that's something the team has to, to battle through, you know. Adversity through a year is just something that comes with playing the game. And uh, But us on Tom solely getting him back was huge. And, I mean, if that's what he did in his first game, yeah, you know, I'd be curious to see what he does this weekend. Just, I'm sure, you know, the conditioning, as much as we think he's – he felt great out there. He looked great out there. I'm sure, you know, he still felt a step behind. He didn't quite have his rhythm or, you know, his timing or just shot off a couple, you know, right here at a couple times. Or So I'm expecting him to be even better this weekend in Buffalo. He generated for himself a couple of looks there that just, like, you know, just spinning and, and however the heck he gets it off. I don't know sometimes, but just ripped balls out of nowhere that you were, and he just missed the net and you're just like, if he dialed that in or, you know, again, maybe if he hadn't missed the time, like you're talking about timing and, and just the little things that you do have to get back here once you get back on the floor, like he easily could have had five, six, seven, like you count the penalty shot. Like he could have, he, you know, like I guess what I'm trying to say is if, if, if he hadn't missed this time, I wouldn't have been surprised if the way he played last night or last game on the Friday night there that – you know, he would add six or seven goals. Yeah, just everything feels, like you said, just just everything a little, I mean, timing and all, all that stuff. You, you feel a little more dialed in. You feel, you know, you're rolling opposed to, just, like, just getting going again here, right? And we mentioned the Matt Vink hit, which I agree. I thought it was, you know, 
questionable, dirty coming out at a player like that? Was the, I mean, seeing it quickly like that, did he kind of targeted his head? It felt like, um, but in Matt Vink's defense, and, and this is going to sound really weird, he probably thought Tom's going to bury this on me. Like, what else? Yeah. Do I, what else do I do? Tell you, give this guy an open look on the crease. He probably, I. That's what I could only think of why he would do something like that. He's like, I don't know what else to do because Tom's coming in hot here with a lot of speed. He's already you know started this game you know like we know tom can start the game and i think this is going to be a goal so i'm going to risk taking the penalty to save the goal and then rely on my pk i don't know if that no you know what when you say that like i i've often thought too you know and also seeing this head like i'm almost surprised that even though it's so unorthodox that you don't see goalies do this more often Tom probably has never seen that in box across, right? I can no, guarantee you. No, and you've got to be uh, Matt Vince is a long pull in field, right? So yeah. there's a guy who can get out there, throw a check, like all those kinds of things, right? But you do start to think that sometimes, like if a goal, if a guy, you know, if a guy's throwing Dancing the, on the 12th crease. or 13th fake on the crease, that sometimes it's like, well, no, I'm just either going to like stick check him maybe even or like what Matt Vince did, charge out. Right. Not and charge out, but, you know, lunge forward to – to check him there, it, it is kind of surprising you don't see that more often. And you know, you know, perhaps the hit was a little high, maybe not, probably not for us to kind of decide. I mean, but he did get the illegal body check penalty called. There was a penalty on it. Um, I I just think it's like I said, I'm surprised you don't see it more often. And for sure, it's something that would take most, if not all, guys by complete and total no, surprise. Yeah, you would not expect that at all. And I and I don't think Tom did right. He's you know, he's still, as much as he's out there dominating the game, he's still, you know, learning yeah. the game as well. As the, and there's stuff that it's not like he has seen seen it all in the box across game at this point. Um, and that, that's rare. That, you know, you could go to Sean Evans and ask him how he's played this game for how long, yeah. how many times that happened, or anyone on the rock. And I bet you that has not happened to them at all if, if you know, if multiple times, not too many. Uh, so to me, it, that's what I got. That's kind of where I saw it is that I don't really know what else to do or I'm just going to do this because I think Tom and his percentages, if you want to play their percentages, that he's going to, he, you know, he's going to good chance he's going to score on me here. And this is something maybe, you know, I don't know the answer to this actually in terms of the legalities of it within the the course of play here. Maybe this is why we don't see it more often as we, you know, we've, talked here obviously that there was a penalty on the play was the penalty because of the I guess the location of the hit the severity of the hit any of that is that why it was deemed an illegal body check or is it purely the goaltender cannot hit the shooter see you know what I'm saying I'm not sure what now that I think more about it I'm not sure what why that was a penalty and when you break it down like that it's weird because I've seen and been a part of where a goalie will come up behind the net and absolutely label yeah. a guy into the boards or come out and, you know, say defenders running the ball around and getting chased by an old guy, come out and set a, a pick, which is just <laughs> ridiculous, check, right? Yeah. Which is basically a check. Yeah. And he doesn't even have the ball. And right. that just, that play just carries on. Like, yeah. So it's weird when you, when you break it down like that, what is and what isn't and why just because... Like, if that same thing happened behind the net, I don't know if it's a penalty. Just because yeah. it seems like we, we're used to that. We see that yeah. more. This is unorthodox in front of the net. I, I don't know. It's a good good question. And be curious to 
I don't know. See what the uh, because I think Schreiber's still got the ball in his stick as yep. he's initially getting hit. I think, as far as I can remember, so you're checking the ball carrier. I guess it's the how the check was interpreted. I don't know. That'll be interesting. Well, Matty Sawyer will be joining us here uh, shortly on the podcast. Maybe we'll throw that out at him and uh, try to get some definition, or we'll pull out the rule book here and maybe answer our own question here at some point uh, on the podcast. But uh, anyways, uh, I don't know if there's anything else we want to dive into from last game at all. Um, Brett Hickey was scratched for the first time, uh, I believe, here in Toronto since he has been a member of the rock and that was an interesting change so we will talk to maddie sorry about that obviously that was a, a big decision to uh to pull brett out of the lineup so we'll we'll talk to him about that as well um and i guess really you know there's going to be a question or two here as to how the lineup will look going into saturday night if brett hickey draws back in or if he'll be a scratch i know uh if I'm a betting man, I don't think Matty Sawyer will fully divulge things, but I might be wrong here. <laughs> but I would guess we're not going to get uh, the full full breakdown of uh, what the lineup will look like on Saturday. Um, we'll just have to wait and see. All right, so we will uh, we'll take a short break here on the program. And uh, in just a moment, we will be back with Toronto Rock head coach Matt Sawyer with us in studio. Stay with us. More Toronto Rock Total Access to come. Welcome back to Toronto Rock Total Access. Mike Hancock and Kyle Davis here in studio with us now. Toronto Rock head coach Matt Sawyer. Matty, how are you doing today? Good, thanks guys. Uh, so, Friday night, uh, a loss to the Rochester Nighthawks. Um, I think maybe let's just begin with uh, kind of general thoughts on the game and maybe just how you saw the first half kind of unfold versus the second half more so. And then you had a situation where at 8-3, you know, at that point in the game, you can't really say that obviously it's over and done with, but it did appear to be a situation where the Rock had control of the game. And then, you know, Rochester goes on the five-goal run, and it's a very tight game from there back and forth that, uh, you know, the Rock weren't able to pull out in the end. So I guess just maybe first your impressions just on, uh, you know, the first half being up 8-3 and how things began to swing the other way. Yeah, um, you know, overall another uh, disappointing uh, outcome. Um, you're talking and, and asking about the first half. We we came out and we, we played a good first half, and, um, you know, it was tight there, and then we went on a little bit of a run to get some good separation in the five-goal lead. And, uh, you know, we took an uh, ill-advised penalty on the, uh, on the offensive side of the ball and uh, gave them an opportunity to go on the power play. And, they uh, cashed it on that one, and um, you know from there the momentum swung, and we were in uh, in a battle the rest of the game. So, um, you know, good start, but another night where we weren't uh, weren't able to put uh, all aspects of our game together. And when you talk about the fourth quarter, I mean, there's two home games, anyways, in a row, which we know the you know more fans' eyeballs are on those games. But you had a tied situation going into the fourth quarter, similar situation here. What has it been about these late games, I guess, or the late portions of these games where this team has been unable to pull through? Well, in the, the Rochester game, the most recent there, um, you know, we had a few uh, uncharacteristic, uh, uncharacteristic uh, breakdowns in our own end uh, defensively. And, um, you know, we, uh, we let them uh, get some real good looks and in on top of Rosie. And, 
you know, we just uh, we weren't uh, weren't able to string uh, long stretches of solid play, offense, uh, defense, and goaltending all together. Rosie, um, you know, he was outstanding in that game, and you're talking about the first half uh, at the 8-3 uh, uh, kind of cushion we had. But um, you know, if he uh, he wasn't playing as well as he was, that game would have been a lot closer at that point. So, you know, we were up 8-3 and we we're up by five, but it wasn't a situation where you felt uh, real good about it, and uh, you knew that uh, Rochester was going to come back, and they certainly did. Tom Schreiber returns to the lineup, and uh, you know we all know what he did on the stat line. What did you make of his game? And uh, second part to that, what was going through your head when when he was chasing? Uh, I believe it was Paul Dawson on that breakaway, and he seemed to to buckle up there and come off and looked like he was in some pain. Just if you go through that. Yeah, well, that particular uh, you know that play in that scenario was certainly some uh, some anxious moments. Um, you know, it's just uh, with the injury that Tom's coming off of. Um, you know, he didn't. Uh, uh, in that one particular play, it's just because he had to uh, do such a long sprint and chase him down, and um, you know he's going to have a little bit of uh, uh, pain in the knee from time to time. Um, you know he's good and everything's sound and structurally sound with the knee, um, but that was a, a time when you're holding your breath for sure. It was good to see him come back out and and uh, not be affected by it. Uh, Tom played an outstanding game. You know for somebody that's uh, missed seven and and he came back and he did everything he could uh, uh, for us to get the win and. Um, we're going to need that moving forward, so it's uh, it's good that um, you know we're going to have Tom for the next two games. Now, Fanel seemed to have his his interactions with Burns a couple times, and you know Vink uh, with with Schreiber there. My question to you is: at this day and age, how do you separate or draw that line between not allowing guys to take liberties on your own players? But also, you're still in a lacrosse game, and it's still a tight game. You don't want to be going out and doing anything stupid yourself. You know, years ago, maybe you, there'd be a bench brawl, or guys would be stupid. And now it's just it's a more skilled game. And so, how do you draw that line? Yeah, it's tough to do. Um, you know, really, you got to uh, rely on the referees to to handle that, especially in the in the NLL. Um, you know, if that was a, a summer league game, um, maybe you would uh, take matters into your own hands. But just the way the referees call the game and uh, you don't really get away with anything, and and um, you know, anytime you go man down, chances are, uh, you know, the percentages say that you're you're going to give up more goals than you uh, than you don't. So, um, really, in that situation, you got to try to uh, uh, control your emotions. We got a little bit excited there. Um, you know, I thought they missed one on. Uh, you're talking about the Fennell one on uh, on Burns, but um, you know. Um, Referees certainly gave us every opportunity to uh, to get some more separation. We were on the power play lots in the second half. A couple of guys uh, I want to talk about on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, well, I guess three guys. We'll first mention, of course, Adam Jones. Scores a couple of goals, which was obviously nice to see. But uh, we'll start with Brett Hickey. He was scratched on Friday night. Maybe tell us a little bit about that decision and then also, uh, I guess, what his future looks like here the last couple of games if, in fact, there's been a decision made at that point. Yeah, well, we haven't uh, haven't made a decision as far as this weekend's lineup. We're only at Tuesday now, but, uh, you know, Brett's, uh, Brett's been a good, uh, good contributor for us uh, up until this point, and really it was just a situation where we felt we wanted to go with the weak side, only three righties, um, especially with Tom's return. Um, all offensive guys are more comfortable in that situation. Just means they're going to be on the floor uh, more often with just the two-man side, and um, I guess we wanted to play to his strengths, and and we felt that the uh, last two games that Dan Littner gave us, he deserved that opportunity. So there's really nothing more than uh, more to it than that. And as far as uh, you know, Brett's future goes, he's uh, um, you know he's a part of this team, and um, you know I'm sure we're going to uh, be leaning on him down the stretch here. 
Now, as far as Rob Hellier goes, uh, he's a guy that you've coached for a long time at many different levels here now. Uh, have you ever seen him go through these type of struggles, and uh, what's it going to take for him to kind of shake this here, especially at the most important time of the year? Yeah, he certainly uh, you know, had a few here that, uh, that I'm sure he'd like to be better when I say a few, a few games. Um, you know, all offensive guys go through their ups and downs, but uh, you know, Robbie and uh, along with uh, um, you know, a few others on our offense have really been struggling for uh, three or four games here. And, you know, really it's just going to uh, take him to go out there and, and uh, produce, find a way to be productive, um, you know, start uh, feeling good about himself, maybe find uh, about himself, find a goal early on and, and just be a contributor to the offense. He's, uh, he's out there, he's working, he's trying, he wants to be better. Um, we need to find a way to put him in a position to uh, help him out to get to that point. Now what about you, you know, personally as a coach here going through all of this, uh, Obviously, seven and nine with two games to go is probably not the picture that you paint for this team or the roadmap when you're looking at things in November and December. But uh, I guess just you know, you and and even the mindset of the team. How is everybody handling the situation here, and what is the what is the vibe around the team right now? Well, we uh, you know we all want to be better, um, and uh, when I say we want to be better, we want our record to be better. But the fact is, um, you know. Uh, it's what we deserve. It, uh, you know, our record is what it is, and it's seven and nine. We put ourselves in this position. Um, you know, as far as uh, you know, I guess the the good thing is that we still have a shot at this, and um, I don't think we could really ask for anything more um, based on the season that we've had. Certainly, been a season of lots of ups and downs, and um, you know, get feeling good about yourself, and uh, kind of two steps forward, one step back, another step back, and. Um, just trying to uh, trying to stick with it, and um, you know, obviously, uh, um, you know, we don't uh, we don't have a future as far as making the playoffs if we don't go into Buffalo and get a win. So that's what our focus is right now. Can't uh, can't dwell on what is uh, behind us. Got to try to look forward, and um, you know, but uh, everybody's disappointed, and um, we need to find a way to uh, to feel good about ourselves. And the only way that you do that in this league is to get a win. And it's been a long time since we've had one. Matty, you mentioned, uh, or we mentioned earlier going into Buffalo and, you, you know, as, as tough as the last couple of weeks have been, uh, you have an opportunity to go into a game that, which we've talked about multiple times, regardless where Buffalo and Toronto are in the standings or if it's early in the season, end of the season, this is a game everybody seems to get up for. And there's no better maybe opportunity, I guess, for your team to, to get up for a must-win game than going down to Buffalo where you know it's going to be a war. Yeah, um, and um, you know I'm sure they're they're thinking and feeling the same thing too. Um, anytime Buffalo and Toronto get together, you're um, guaranteed to have a good game. It's going to be an entertaining game. Um, you know that place will be rocking when we go down there. Um, you know that's something to be excited about and look forward to. And we got an opportunity to um, you know to go there and give ourselves some hope and try to extend our season. So we'll have our work cut out for us. But we, uh, um, like I said, we can't ask for anything more with uh, with the way we've played recently and. Um, we got to try to look at uh, that as the positive. Okay, Maddie. Well, thanks a lot for joining us. I know you uh, have some work to do here. It's Tuesday night as we record this practice night, but uh, definitely good luck Saturday night. And uh, let's go down and get a win in Buffalo. Thanks, guys. We'll take it. All right. <laughs> All right. That was Toronto Rock head coach Matt Sawyer. We will be back in a moment with more Toronto Rock Total Access as we wrap up this week's podcast in a moment.
Back here on Toronto Rock Total Access to wrap things up. We're going to do some buying and selling. We're going to uh, jump a little bit more into this game against Buffalo on Saturday night and that uh, we've been saying some games are not must-wins, but, folks, the cat is out of the bag here. This is a must-win on Saturday night for the Rocks. So let's start off with some buying and selling. Uh, we've just got a couple for you here. And uh, the second one will transition nicely into the, uh, the wrap-up of the show here. But the first one we want to talk about is... Are you buying or selling, KD, that Joe Reseteritz is the MVP of the NLL this season? You know, I think we mentioned this earlier in the season that is he going to keep the 14-point night and we kind of meant, you know, dived into him a little further and didn't really think he could keep keep up with the top guys in the league over the, you know, the course of the year, but... After just looking at a couple things here, I think I am going to buy he is the MVP. You know, you look at this Rochester team, they have turned around. He's the main reason why, really. Obviously, you know, there's other pieces, Jameson and Jackson and whatnot, but he's he's definitely leading them. Uh, I think you mentioned he's got 53 points over eight game, his last eight games when Rochester's gone 7-1 and one, really turned it around, averaging over six points a game. Uh, I think that paces out to right with Mark Matthews, right? Um, so he'd be right there at the top of the league in scoring with a game in hand, I believe. Yep. Um, so, you know, chances are he's leading the league when you give him this extra game. And I think he's been been good. And, and I guess it all came to fruition this past week. You know, watching him, I thought he was good against us. And he kind of burned us in a way and scored a couple of big goals. So I will buy that. And kind of a kind of a not the, the prototypical, you know, big name that you or at least going into this season and you know, you put Matthews, he's got, I think he's got a potent offense. I think, you know, he's playing with Church, who's second in the league in scoring as well. They're kind of helping each other out. I think Joey, uh, you know, is a very good deserving contender of the uh, for the MVP this year. And, I mean, to kind of put it in, uh, as we always love to do around here, put it into a hockey perspective, I've argued quite a bit around here, you know, that uh, Taylor Hall is not the best player in the NHL, but yet he may win the MVP kind of thing, right? And he is the good news story of the second half. And I think maybe Joey Resteritz is that kind of same thing where you know he's not the best player in the league, but he has been such a big part of Rochester's turnaround here and the reason why they're in the <clears throat> position that they're in here with two weeks ago in the season that it's it's kind of like uh, maybe he is, and it's kind of a nice story. It's a different guy. It's, uh, you know, maybe it is – you know, maybe Joey Resteritz is the MVP this year. Yeah, he's he's caught a heater here in the back half of the season. And, I mean, I, I don't know. I'd be just curious, this is from an outside eye, how much he felt like once Dawson left. Not that Dawson was putting up the numbers, but how much that ensured himself that, all right, now this is my right side now. Yeah. If, if that came into play, even though, you know, it's <clears> tough to, when you're – I know they've put, have a great. They've played together for a long time, even in summer ball. And you're looking up at one of the you know the best players in the game, all time. Uh, you know he's getting a little long in the tooth now, but now just having the, I guess the sure feeling that all right, this is my right side. I'm going to take this, and he's absolutely ran with it. We may have discovered some gold here on the show today, here, folks. I hope everybody's been paying close attention. All right, so our second and final buying or selling, KD, are you buying the, the Toronto Rocket in the playoffs? Once again, feeling like I'm going to spend some money today here. Apparently, and just, right. I'm going to be buying this as well. I think uh, Toronto's obviously not in an ideal situation here, and they've struggled of late. But I, I like them this week in Buffalo, 
and you know there's scenarios still that could play out you know nine and nine gonna get them in there's still scenarios eight and ten gets them in it's just a matter you know you get the right win you got to start this week in buffalo and uh, i still have confidence especially with tom coming back i think you know last week the the offense maddie i think maddie alluded to it put up 11 goals the transition nothing i have a feeling we're just going to get them both on the same page here for once for the first time in what feels like forever <laughs> and uh you know it's gonna, yep. it's gonna even if you know they chip in with a couple i think it's going to be enough and uh yeah i'm buying the uh they find a way i don't know exactly you know how it's been a crazy season i expect it to be crazy down the stretch but i i'm buying they get in and as we may have <clears throat> mentioned around these parts off the air um you know, it, Buffalo and that arena down there have not been very kind to the Toronto Rock in the regular season. Over the last, uh, you know, six or seven years, um, neither Brandon Miller nor Nick Rose have great numbers in that building in the regular season anyways. But, uh, you know, when I did kind of mention that to Matt Sawyer walking at the door that, you know, that building has not been kind, he did remind me quite quickly of a slightly important game that this team won last year right at the end of the season in Buffalo. So there is something to draw on here very recently with essentially the same group of guys that when their backs were against the wall last year, going into the same building almost on the same weekend of the year, it was one weekend later last year, but, you know, it's almost like history could repeat itself here. In a very positive way. Yeah, it's crazy how sports works out like that. And I mean, some stuff you can't you can't make this stuff up. And it's, it's deja vu again here for the Toronto Rock. And if anything, I think you got to be feeling a little more confident this year going into the game than you did last year. No, if everyone like the you know some of the younger guys got an extra game, you got. I know Tom's been hurt, been hurt, but like I think he got a better Tom this year, which is crazy to say all around. And you know Adam Jones scored a couple of goals last game. I'm expecting him to kind of build on that again. Rosie's playing great. Like there's no reason to not believe you can't get a win here. Like I said, I know they've struggled of late, but it's a one game here. And you know regardless, we've mentioned it, beat it like a dead horse. Regardless where these teams are in the standings, this is going to be a good game. Yeah, and, and I think it's like over the last few weeks, we've been teased by, you know, we've had some really good goaltending here. We've had some great transition. We did, you know, have some goals scored in Calgary without Tom. We had Tom come back and score four goals in his first game back. There's been a sprinkle here and there in every little facet of the game that has been positive over that, this last, you know, month six weeks or whatever it is but it just hasn't all come together very often and it just has to it just has to come together at some point this has got to be the week this is the week it has to happen nobody has any other choice here than to make it happen this week and i think that brings us to prediction time here kd and i'm gonna lead it off this week i'm gonna throw a bold one out there because you know what this team has had success and people are going to think I am nuts. And I know 17-9 to 9 is my regular one, but I really, really feel like, and I know that going into this weekend, it doesn't seem like anything other than a 13-12 win or something like that is going to be what's going to be on the menu. But I think, and I know everybody's just going to say that this is coming from the rock perspective of things, but just the fact that we've had so many of these little sprinkles here, right, and the frustration is kind of built that, I think this team is going to come out huge 
I think we're rekindling some of the early season fire here. I am going 21 to 10 Toronto. And I will I will honestly be surprised if the game is not this one-sided. And I know that sounds crazy, but I, I just maybe I'm one for just wanting to make an outlandish prediction because if it comes true, hey, it looks like, oh my God, I can't believe it, but hey, it happened. But I did this in game number one of the Penguins Flyers series. I said that the Penguins are going to win seven nothing, or seven one, and they won seven nothing. <clears throat> I just think, me personally, I got to go with it. I couldn't, I wouldn't feel right making a thirteen twelve prediction. You're up. <laughs> okay, that's a hot take to follow. But right. if that's what the gut's saying, then there you go. I'm gonna. I don't see that being quite the margin personally <laughs> uh, with me, but I do agree with the Buffalo 10. Uh, I just have Toronto at 14. I figured, you know, last week they they put up eight. I think they're going to be a bit in the first half. They're going to be a bit better that than that and not dry up in the second half. Going to lead me. That's where I came up with the the 14. I think Rosie's good again. The D is good again, and we hold them to 10. Pick up a big road win, and we're alive still. So we pretty much made the same prediction. Is that what you're saying? Be, yeah, be. You <laughs> I have just got a few more in seven, garbage time. Seven more, all, I guess, yeah. in the garbage time than me. but <laughs> Something like that. Well, we're, we're close anyways. At least we got we had both at 10 against. That's One right. thing I, I will be curious to see here, though, is we haven't seen Sean Evans as a Buffalo Bandit yet. That is true. And just how that affects things and what, what that does for, I mean, you know, we can check box scores and watch stuff when the Rock aren't playing, but just be different when you're watching him play against your team and just how that dynamic has worked out and what he's, uh, you know, brought to the bandit land. And I think sometimes that, you know, playing against big-time players, I think defenders probably get up for that even a little bit more, right? And as much as he's obviously somebody to worry about, I think the challenges these guys at this level, I mean, it's something you embrace too, I think, is going against the best and wanting to shut those guys down. And, and maybe on some nights when, you know, we talk about a Joe Reseter, it's about how good of a season he's going. Maybe, you know... I don't know, maybe I'm way out in left field on this one, but there isn't quite the same emphasis or focus on a guy like that because he just doesn't have the track record or the resume of a guy like Sean Evans where you're like, oh, boy, I got to I gotta be on top of my game times a couple more here to be good and not get smoked by this guy tonight, whereas maybe it's not quite the same as when you go up against a guy like Arrest Terrence. I think sometimes what, I mean, leagues can fall into and players and coaches and fans can fall into – not saying Sean Evans has, you know, slowed down. I, I don't think he's the player he was, you know, a couple of years ago by any means. But I think reputations carry on a little bit longer than the play does, if that makes yeah. sense. And on the vice versa to Resiteris, that it takes a year or two before us to actually sit, finally convince ourselves that this guy's good instead of just in the moment, this guy's good. Yeah. And it's just the reputation burst what, what he's doing right now. And don't get me wrong, I don't think I, Sean's a, a bad player by any means. I still think he's an elite offensive righty in this league. I think he's going to be a thorn on Saturday. But uh, just a kind of thought on that, you know, the Resiteris Evans perception there. And it's crazy to think with Evie as well. I mean, <clears throat> what is he? He's 31, 32. Will be 32 this year, I guess, if he hasn't already turned 32. But seems like he's been in the league for 20 years. Forever. <laughs> well, it would be the same in a way as, as you with know, with Hellier when he yeah. gets to 31, 32. You're like, this guy's a 15, 20-year-old 20 20 yeah. vet in this league, and he's 31. Like, yeah. that, does that make sense? It's nuts. 
It's nuts. All right. Uh, so to wrap things up, uh, ticketing renewals underway. Yep, we got renewals going on. Season ticket, season pass renewal, early bird uh, de- or deadline, I guess, of June fifteenth. If you want to get in, we, we you can bump up your bonus by getting in by that date. What that means is season ticket holders who who do want to get in, you can you have one of three options to bump up a bonus. You can either add a add a voucher per ticket to your account, so essentially a couple extra free tickets. Uh, for you to use as you please during the season. You can add 5% to your season ticket holder discount, bringing it from 15 to 20% for those people that love like the online shopping. Or you can get another season ticket holder gift. It's an exclusive sleek Toronto Rock uh, season ticket holder lanyard uh, to go along with the gift that you would receive anyways. So there's kind of something for everyone there. Uh, you know, get in on it early if you know you're going to renew. I know a lot of people are going to renew, so why not, uh, you know, bump your bonus up? You can always call us at 416-596-3075. Hop online, torontorock.com slash tickets to renew. Hop on our online chat on the website, torontorock.com. And I'm sure account reps will be, uh, you know, reaching out uh, to you in the coming weeks here. And as well, just know they're always available to discuss your, your account. If you want to move seats, add seats, uh, we can definitely get you set up. So there you go. Great opportunity to uh, bump up your benefits a little bit here in the uh, the month of April, May, and a little bit into June there if you get in before the deadline. And, uh, yeah, like I said, operators are standing by to take your call. So feel free to give us a shout anytime here at the Rock Office and uh, get that taken care of and get uh, locked in for the 2018-19 season. Great time to do it early. Uh, I think that'll just about wrap things up for the program here today. Uh, lots of stuff going on, but most of all, um, also, yeah, actually, we should mention ticket-wise, if you do want to grab some seats in Buffalo, in Buffalo, check out the Rock social media. There's a link there to uh, purchase tickets online and sit with some other Rock fans and whatnot. So there's a limited number of seats that have been uh, put aside there. So. Uh, jump online to, like I said, at Toronto Rock Lax on Twitter, at the Toronto Rock on Instagram, or uh, Toronto Rock on Facebook, and you can find the link there and grab those seats. Otherwise, grab them at the box office. I'm not sure what the crowd is looking like, but being that it's the last regular season game uh, of the season for Buffalo and also their, I believe it's Tucker Out Lymphoma Night as well. So I think $2 from... Select seats, I'll say, because I'm not sure if it's from every seat, so I'll say select seats will be donated towards uh, pediatric cancer care, I believe, um, as well from Saturday Night's Game. So great cause as well to get behind down in Buffalo. We hope to see you there. All right, so that'll be wrap up the show for today. In the meantime and in between time, for Kyle Davis, I'm Mike Hancock saying that's it. That's all. Another edition of Toronto Rock Total Access is in the bag. We will see you in Buffalo on Saturday night, and we'll chat next week.